0: The following podcast is intended for general information and entertainment purposes only. It should not be substituted for professional medical or psychological advice. Before beginning or changing a treatment plan, please consult your local healthcare professional.
1: Hello, all! You just missed uh, a twenty-minute deep dive on birth control. If you would like, uh, if you would like a recording of the pre-show discussion, please let us <laughs> know in the comments below. Welcome to Bio Socially Distant. Welcome, welcome! You know, you know what
0: I found out today? I wanted to share with you and our listeners because it was very important news. What I read an article today that Kids Bop is doing a version of WAP. <laughs> Oh, and it starts out with, there's some floors in this house. There's some
1: floors. (laughs) There are some songs where you just like have to not, not try to make them clean because you're not going to be able to. I had to look up what WAP meant, by the way, because I (laughs) am 500, I am 512 years old.
0: Yes, it's the kids' Bop version stands for waffles and pancakes, not the Cardi B version though.
1: Waffles and pancake. I think I would relate more to the waffles and pancakes. Yes, I do love a waffle and I do love a pancake. Me
0: too. And I'm sure um, Cardi B's daughter can listen to the Kids pop version too.
1: Yeah, she's like, don't listen to the regular version. <laughs> Not until you're older. Not until you're older. I like. There's there's a line in an Eminem song where he says, "I wouldn't let Haley, who's his kid, I wouldn't let Haley listen to me either." <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was funny, I mean, we love a sex positive song. But... we do we do love a sex positive song at the right time, yes, developmentally appropriate developmentally appropriate sex positive songs are all right with us here at the biopsychosocially distant. So I think so our very diligent listeners and our super fans will know what this podcast is going to be about because I think I mentioned I was going to do a podcast on her. Yes. Uh, yes. Um, So this podcast is not sponsored by Audible. But if you're a YouTube deep diver, it probably wouldn't be that hard to get sponsored by Audible because they sponsor freaking everybody. If you listen to a lot of you, if you watch a lot of YouTube, Um, that and FabFitFun. So, you know, holla at your girls. Um, (laughs) I feel like it's easier to get sponsorship when you're on YouTube. Maybe we should do that. (laughs) That would require us getting dressed. Like right now I have like a zip patch on my chin and I'm half dressed in my pajamas. So I, I really don't.
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> true. I'm still in my pajamas. I mean, I showered, but then I put my pajamas back on.
1: <laughs> I got up and went to church, got dressed and then came home and said, I really don't want to be in jeans anymore. So I put my pajamas half back on. So <laughs> 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 I'm dressed from the waist, <laughs> but I have my pajamas on Just yeah. like I do for work. I wear glorified pajamas to work every day because I'm true. a nurse. Yeah, scrubs. That's why I did it, helping people and wearing pajamas to work every day. Mm-hmm. So, so Nellie Bly from the 1800s. She, oh, I definitely thought her last name was Blythe. I, I did notice. Remember. I did notice that on the Zencaster. Like, i was <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> it was like, what's the title of this episode? I was like, I don't remember what her fucking name is. <laughs> this is
1: close enough. So Nellie Bly was basically was one of the first female expose style journalist. And she wrote 10 Days in a Madhouse, published in 1887. So I listened to the Audible version of it over, I think it took me three days to listen to it. It was about like a two and a half hour ordeal, because I thought the whole thing was 10 Days in a Madhouse. But there were too short other stories at the end, which admittedly I did not listen to because it was late and I needed to write the episode. Um, <laughs> so Nellie Bly, who lived from 1884 to 1922 in 1887 wrote 10 days in a Madhouse." So, I mean, we've all done some crazy shit for the sake of employment. Um, mm. and among other things, there's, podcast has made a few things abundantly clear is women had a really awful time navigating the workplace people in underserved communities got royally screwed and mental illness gets ignored a lot Mm -hmm. so Nellie Bly basically did a really bizarro version of the early 2000s rom-com never been kissed um (laughs) which that movie did you want that movie was so cringy (laughs)
0: stop it I love that movie
1: I love it I do too but if you think about it it is really cringy it's really cringy a lot of things are really cringy
0: you would absolutely get flagged by DCF if you were an adult pretending to be a child in high school
1: (laughs) And her teacher she dated her teacher at the end of the spoiler alert yep yeah and ah, uh, I got nothing. Also, twenty five, and she's a reporter for the Chicago Sun Times. Cheers for you. Cheers to you, girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was also watching. I think I was telling you about this. I watched Never Been, um, not Never Been Kissed. My best friend's wedding last weekend, mm-hmm. and that movie is so cringy. And they're supposed. Julia Roberts is supposed to be twenty eight years old in this movie, and she's a food critic and has a really nice apartment and she's freaked out that she'll never get married.
0: Yeah, younger people listening to this, that's not realistic if you're oh. not getting our drift
1: here yet. I mean, granted, I got married at 25, but that was completely incidental. Right, but like to have your a solid footing in your career? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, well, yeah. Basically, I mean, granted, I'm in the last one of the last trades out there in the world. I consider nursing to be a trade. I mm. was in my career, but I was also like working the night shift and right, right. <laughs> you know, staying up all night to try to make a buck. So if you're not footed in your career by your mid twenties, you know, don't panic. If yeah, you're, it's fine. If you're still in school, that's fine too. Right. If you haven't gone to school yet, mm-hmm. that's fine too. <laughs> if you're living with roommates, understandable. That's fine too. If you're living at home. <laughs> That's fine, too. Who isn't? (laughs) I mean, living at home with your folks. Yes, I I guess I guess living at home is anywhere. Um, But, you know, life happens in weird ways. That was a weird tangent, but I feel like it's important. So Nellie Bly, who also was in her... I'm doing math really quick. I should have done that. She was 23. And she was a reporter for the New York World. Mm -hmm. And, you know, got treated like shit and was summoned by her editor to go undercover in an asylum. (laughs) And she said, so how are you getting me out? And he's like, don't know. He's like, I I don't know. You're, you're a smart woman.
0: Figure it out. He's probably like really salty about the fact that she had a job there. Oh,
1: he told her she smiled too much.
0: You know what? (laughs) We don't smile enough. We smile too much. Make up your fucking mind. You,
1: you can't. You can't win for trying in this world. So the goal for her was to spend a week to uncover the hidden world and see how, of the asylums and see how the mentally ill were treated. All right. She was really naive, actually, and very empathic. She said she hoped the patients were treated well. She thought that the accounts of abuse were exaggerated. They never are. Nope. No, no, it counts of abuse. If someone's saying they're getting abused, they're getting abused.
0: So I had a classmate when I was in elementary or middle school, I can't remember exactly, who did a report on Nellie Bly. Really? She had like a whole project. And this is one of the reasons I went into therapy, into psychology. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Uh huh. Because she talked about the conditions that people lived in who are mentally ill. And I was like, that's so fucked up. I want to help people.
1: Yeah, like yeah. So, yeah. It's actually, I recommend if you, if somebody wants to give this a listen, it's on Audible. If you have a credit lying around and it didn't take me long to read. It was really, it was really sad. It was really interesting. It was really um, scary. Mm-hmm. It was all really scary. Yeah. So she, so she went into this asylum and didn't know how she was getting out. <laughs> Good on her. She was committed. She was. She was about to get committed. So her plan. <laughs> so her plan. So she didn't want to make a doctor have to say. You know, she didn't want to have to go to a doctor and say, "Hey, I'm trying to get committed." She didn't want to put a doctor in that position. Um. So the best way for her to get committed was by way of police. Uh, oh. So, yeah. So the plan for her. Uh, her plan was to act crazy. And after she got into the asylum, she was going to just act like her, nor- like normal, you know, use the term loosely. She was going to act like her usual self. Mm, okay. Um, She was going to go under the name Nellie Brown while she was undercover. She <laughs> big difference. <laughs> Actually they do. S- I was, I was watching something about the witness protection program and they say, if you do have to change your name, you should keep your first name the same in the, and your last name just change uh you should keep the first letter of your last name the same because you're more likely to respond to your name
0: oh yeah that's true so she reminds me of the episode there's an episode of um family guy i can't remember where peter is because i haven't watched this in a decade or so right but um He's trying to come up with a fake name and he's looking around the room and he comes up with Peter Griffin
1: (laughs) (laughs) because a Griffin flies through the room. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. It's like the episode of the Brady Bunch, George Glass. (laughs) George Tropicana Glass. George. uh, What a nice name. Is he Cuban? Actually, speaking of, she. She pretends she's Cuban, but we'll get to that. Why is Um, how she gets them to think she's insane? (laughs) Like, well, she's Cuban. Let's lock her up. Unfortunately. Well, I'll get to all that. Okay. She she practiced her crazy eyes in the mirror. (laughs) (laughs) She wore some old clothes, and her plan was she was going to go to a boarding house and act crazy. So she went to the temporary house for females, number 89, on 2nd Avenue. Okay. So she went to the boarding house, paid for a night, said she was looking for work. And she started to just say she was afraid of the other boarders and that the other boarders were insane, which was a very interesting tactic. Um, Mm -hmm. She stayed up all night and acted really paranoid. You know, everybody was stealing her things and she couldn't find her trunks and just acted. She acted crazy. Mm-hmm. So not surprisingly, the matron of the boarding house called the police and two cops showed up to take her away under the guides of helping her find her things. She said, I can't find my trunk. So he said, oh, the cops said, oh, we'll take you to go look for them. Mm-hmm. And the matron came along, too. So the matron of the boarding house was there this whole time, which was so strange to me. Yeah, that is weird. That is out of of, like concern for her or what? I I guess out of, I guess out of concern, the cops were, the cops were kind of like, all right, you're coming too, I guess, to help wrangle this. (laughs) And they took her to the Essex, Essex Market Police Corps, where we meet a very nice yet sort of, um, you know, patriarchal paternal judge. And he was like, oh, she can't be crazy. She looks like she could be someone's daughter. Uh, uh, and Nellie was like, I don't know who I am or where I came from. The judge like, like said, well, she doesn't look crazy. She must have been drugged. And his recommendation, I have to remember, these are the days before uh, before HIPAA, was to have reporters come and do a story on her so she could get identified. They're like, she must have been drugged. That's why she doesn't know who she is or where she is. So the reporter. Like, said, I, I suddenly I suddenly remembered who I am. <laughs> yeah. And the report. And she's like and she was like, shit. shit. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um. So the, you know. The judge, you know, the judge in the court, like, kept asking, you know, where are you from? There's no way you could be from around here. They assumed she was foreign. And then she bubbled out with, I'm from Cuba. Nellie Brown from Cuba. Um, So the judge sent her for evaluation by a doctor. The judge and the matron, the matron of the boarding house was still there when she got evaluated by the doctor. And so was the judge. So <laughs> she was evaluated. And the doctor was like, yep, she was drugged. She must be on Belladonna. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Because the judge was there saying, I think this woman was drugged. And the doctor was like, yep, sure. Yep, definitely. So they put her in and they decided to commit her. So they put her in an ambulance. So Nellie arrived to Bellevue, Bellevue Hospital in New York City on the insane pavilion. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it was called. And she spent about three days there. Like, I, I kind of pieced together that it was over a weekend. Like, they couldn't get her into an asylum, so they put her in Bellevue for holding over the weekend. Oh. Um, She saw a bunch of doctors. A doctor thought she was a prostitute and said that she was a hopeless case after assessing her for about five seconds. And she was like, excuse me, what's wrong with being a sex worker What is what I think you mean, sir? Yeah, she, she was like, nope, not a prostitute, n- not a sex worker. Um, But her experience at Bellevue wasn't awful. All right. The staff was fair. She said one of the nurses was really nice to her. The doctors were sort of, you know, fair. One claimed he knew her. Another was really flirtatious. Um, And she remarked the assessments didn't vary from patient to patient. Like they said, okay, are you hearing hearing voices? Mm. And she was like, yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, Which I will defend... I can say this as is a clinician. I have my basic assessment that I, I do like a basic head to toe of everybody, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you have your own questions that you ask everybody. Right. And it's just like yeah. the answers to their questions that you, you tailor it to the you know you tailor it to the person in front of you. I'm going to mm-hmm. ask all these questions, and depending on your answers, is what I'm going to delve into. So I don't think that that was terrible, but if they didn't ask any sort of follow up questions or any anything else. Um, There were three other women on the ward with her. Uh, One was there because she was overworked and seemed perfectly sane. And she was there because she worked too hard. And the other two, she said, you know, she conversed with both of them and they were they were mentally ill. Okay. Um, The food was shitty. And they couldn't turn surprising. Yeah. (laughs) And they couldn't turn the heat on until October. And I think this was happening in September. And as we know, they're in New York. You can't make date rules based on weather. You can't. What do you mean? Like you can't say we're not going to turn the heat on till October. Well, it could freaking snow in September,
0: right? Exactly. They still have that rule, though. Well, it's not that you can't turn it on; it's mm-hmm. that it ha- it has to be turned on by November first. I think something like that. Huh. Um, is at least in the state of Connecticut. Um, so if you have a building. Where the heat is controlled from a central location instead of like in every apartment, the heat has to be turned on by November 1st. It's illegal otherwise. Just in case you need that information.
1: Really? Legally, folks, yes. I didn't know that. So this was sort of the opposite, that they wouldn't turn the heat on until October. They're just stingy. Yeah, stingy. On Monday, she boarded a boat. <laughs> And that's when shit got real. So she w- was in Bellevue, which is on the mainland of New York City. Um and she was going to Blackwell's Island, which you might have heard of is a uh, place that they placed uh, mentally ill people called so
0: it like let's let's take all of these dissociative
1: people and put them on a boat. Great. <laughs> right. And she called it an insane place she'll never get out of, and it was home to sixteen hundred insane women. Wow, 1,600, I guarantee you most of them were completely fine. Correct, spoiler alert. So to use Nellie's words, she arrived to Blackwell Island and it was a tomb of living horror. Wow. She, She walked into the building and said the odor was absolutely repulsive. Patients were yelling, begging to be let out, and Nellie was admitted there without ample trial. Her personal belongings were taken from her. And she was admitted right away, you know, there was no laundry list of questions. Now I feel like we need to verbalize to get admitted to a psychiatric facility, you have to basically fit into three categories. And you correct me if I'm wrong, you have to be a danger to yourself a danger to somebody else or gravely disabled.
0: Yes, I'd say that's pretty accurate. That's and pretty well, I mean nowadays you have to really make an argument with the insurance as well, but yes, that's the basic criteria. You can't just like
1: walk in and be like, "I'm sad." And they'll
0: be oh, like, right. "Well, here's a box of tissues. Go home."
1: <laughs> right, there's a there's a big push for, you know, even intensive outpatient and keeping right. people in the community. That's sort of the name of the game with healthcare, both physical and mental healthcare now. In these, in this era, up until honestly, I want to say the 1960s, it was so focused on institutionalization yes, of people. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Now it's completely the opposite. In our state of Connecticut, I spent part of my clinical at the uh, at a very large um, psychiatric facility associated with a tertiary medical center, and. It the inpatient side was very little it Was again, very focused on outpatient, but they kind of told us a little bit about the history and people would live there for years and years and years and years. It was like a small, it was like a gated community. And of course, these were for very fortunate, well-to-do folks. And the facility Nellie was at was for very disenfranchised people. Mm-hmm. As I will say, um, she was admitted a woman that was there with her was German, couldn't understand English. The doctor asked a nurse who was German to interpret her. The nurse refused. The patient was admitted without assessment. The nurse refused. Why? Uh, Which, yeah. No. Just, yeah, saying, <laughs> no, no actually, no. yes. Yes. Basically, the nurses were pretty cruel. Um, she goes, "No, I'm not interpreting." And the doctor's like, "Okay, fine. I'll just admit her." She was German. She spoke the language. She wouldn't interpret. And, and not that it was her response. You know, not a that it's her responsibility. Yeah, but but how,
0: no. I mean, how difficult is it just to ask someone like? Determine if they're oriented to person, place, time. You know what I mean. To see if right. they're
1: with it, <laughs> right? And the German woman was pretty with it. Actually, we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Um, Nelly finally gets assessed by a doctor and a nurse. By the way, she's five foot five and one hundred and twelve pounds. Um, the fact was actually very hard to come by because the nurse was flirting with the doctor, and the nurse's move was to pretend not to know how to measure things. Fucking ew. I can't read suddenly. Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't know how to work the measuring tape. That that ain't sexy. There's nothing sexy about
0: that. Unless she was like, um, can we use this to measure something else later?
1: Basically. That's basically how the conversation went. Nellie's like, can I go? <laughs> <laughs> this is <laughs> Looks like you You do need some alone time. Basically, there was a lot of... a lot of sexual undertones at this place which was really bizarre yeah and in the vein of disgusting that she went they went to dinner the midday meal and the food was abhorrent there was no salt which by the way gets mentioned over and over and over (laughs) again this was a huge source of contention that being said i do love salt so i feel that um the patients were stealing each other's food uh yeah i'm not about to eat unseasoned food i don't care where i am yeah yeah Um, Nellie couldn't bring herself to eat. She gave away her food. Same for the evening meal because she, uh, found a spider in her bread. I don't understand what kind of spiders are living in bread. I have questions for that spider. Uh, I think it crawled onto the bread and the harried cook just kneaded it into the bread and baked it. Oh, okay. I'm thinking like a live spider, like in their grapes sometimes. No, it was dead. Um, I'm assuming, So after this whole mess, um, they were forced to strip and be bathed. Um, they were put in an ice cold bath and scrubbed. Mm Uh, she was scrubbed from head to toe by other patients. Um, okay. Bizarre. Um, I noticed that throughout this, that the patients provided most of the care. And I feel like that's a story. That's, um, something that I've noticed, um, in any prison documentary that I've watched, um, that the inmates care for each other. And that's kind of what I've found here
0: hmm it's like a
1: all for one one for all kind of thing kind of yeah it's like a com- it's like a camaraderie um mm-hmm. the water wasn't changed between patients combs and towels were shared some of the patients uh. yeah some of the patients had open sores and we know that any insect-based illness if you're sharing combs it's gonna fly through the place mm-hmm. like wildfire and some open sores uh, leak. Mm-hmm. And that's how you spread infection. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and she was only given a flannel slip that said lunatics asylum on it, which um, if we ever do merch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait a minute. A slip like
1: it didn't it, like it wasn't pants. No, it was like th- I'm thinking like I was trying to figure out what she meant by it. I think it's like a long, like a night shirt, like a flannel yeah. night shirt.
0: I feel like you would be cold in
1: that. Oh, yeah. She was freezing after the cold bath. um, She was freezing and she was put in a room with just a bed and a blanket that didn't cover her whole body. Uh,
0: And the monster could get her if her feet were hanging out.
1: Basically, she like she was like saying like, you know, she would cover her shoulders. Her feet would be out. She would cover her feet. Her shoulders would be out. It was like that. Um, she asked the staff why the place wasn't kept up better. She was told to be grateful for what she had. It was a state run institution. Um, during the night she was checked on and she realized that every time they came into a room to check on her, they had to unlock the individual door. Oh, so she was concerned. She was like, what if there's a fire in this place? Yeah. And she actually brought up to the concern to the doctor and said, you should really have like an emergency release bar. And the doctor thought she was a criminal because they have that in Sing Sing. I'm like, oh, good. They have better uh, safety measures. (laughs) I'm not saying they shouldn't. They absolutely they should have. I hate when people say like, well, if this group of people has this, then why doesn't that group of people have that? Well, both groups of people should have. Yes, exactly. Yeah, why is insulin expensive and Narcan is free? Well, Narcan and insulin should both be anyway free. Yeah. <laughs> um they're both ex- extremely necessary just because what I it shouldn't one group shouldn't be with and another shouldn't be without.
0: Right, exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. So but anyway, it's beside the point. Was so basically the Place was very very unsafe. Like she would hear the nurses like, you know, open up the door, check mm-hmm. on her, lock the door. So she was locked in that room. Um, and this kind of reminded me of you. You've seen Girl Interrupted, right? Of course. Remember when she uh, they went for a walk and it was snowing out, and they said, you know, who's the crazy one? They're taking us for ice cream in the middle of us in the middle of winter. Ah, uh, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they were taken for a walk around the island, and they came across the rope gang. Which was exactly what it sounds like—a um, group of patients tied together outside. They were the most violent and illest inmates. Um, people were walking around with straitjackets on.
0: And I don't know if she mentions this in the book that you read, but they—they they believed in all sorts of weird therapies, like literally that fresh air would cure insanity. Oh yeah, that's why they were like- outside. Of course, um, you know, being in nature is good for your mental health, Mm -hmm. but like not if you're severely mentally ill, that's not going to do anything.
1: Correct. Well, that was, um, well, the Crimean War, Florence Nightingale era, it was all about fresh air. That was all of the, uh, it was sanitation and fresh air. So it was in that vein, of course. And they were underneath a plaque that said, while I live, I have hope. And Nellie was furious when she saw that. (laughs) She said the lawns, like the grounds of outside were absolutely gorgeous, but everybody was either locked up or they were outside tied to other people.
0: Yeah, so they couldn't enjoy it. So it was like a facade.
1: It was It was absolutely a facade. And she said, you know, there's no way you can live in this place and not if you weren't insane when he got there, Mm -hmm. you're insane now. Mm-hmm. um so they walked around the grounds and then dinner was served again and it was boiled meat um she said oh, ah. <laughs> oh, gross. and she said patients with like poor dentition couldn't eat uh-huh because it was probably rubbery
0: it was nasty she
1: Ugh. she couldn't take it anymore she like had she had to eat something that's she like had a deal breaker for me like if a guy were to tell me
0: I own I eat boiled meats or like I cooked and you know, boiled my dinner. I would be like, I'm
1: sorry, I have to go. It's only hot dogs are <laughs> the only acceptable <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Hot dogs are that's it, that's the only acceptable boiled meat. Um she couldn't take yeah, and she said she got like, you know, she walked by like the staff room and saw their food and it was like very it was good. It was like decent, good for, you know, I'm not saying it was five star, but it was, you know, not yeah. disgusting. Um, she talked about getting assessed again and the doctor said she didn't have the eyes and the pulse of a crazy person. Um, the only thing I could think of, I'm like tachycardic if she was really anxious, but you know, maybe
0: the eyes mm, and like the darting eyes of someone who's
1: paranoid or something. I listen, (laughs) they're making shit up. Um, a ner- an older woman came onto the unit and she needed, you know, she was probably had other stuff going on despite, you know, regardless of her mental illness. I think a lot of uh, a lot of people had dementia. Oh, yeah. That's what I kind of like thought when they said there was a lot of older patients. I'm like, well, they have to- I'm sure they have dementia. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if some of them had malignancies or uh, in some uh, were ill, like they were physically ill, and could have had delirium when they were ill and were brought to an asylum. And then when they got better, they're like, "Why am Why am I here?" Because mm-hmm. um, that's very common with a lot of illnesses. If you have a high fever, fever, if you have um, an infection, sometimes it can really um, your you know mentation can suffer. And as soon right. as the infection uh, resolves, you're well, better. ICU you psychosis. Yeah.
0: Oh, oh, my. Oh, yeah. Severe illness as well as being confined in one place. I mean, of uh, course, you're going to seem insane or you're literally going to have psychotic symptoms.
1: Um, I see and a word on ICU delirium. I actually had someone in my life um, have ICU delirium. And part of it comes from not knowing day versus night.
0: Yes. Um, Good point. Which a lot of these people probably didn't. Right.
1: And he actually, uh, he was awake for a very, very extended period of time and is thankfully doing much better now, but it's, uh, it's very, very, very real. Mm-hmm. Um, think of yourself if you don't sleep well or, you, yep. or you pull an all nighter, you're not, you're not yourself.
0: Or you can't um, orient to person, you know,
1: time. that you don't know what day it is. You really don't. Right. Like, I don't know. Or why you are there, how you got there. Right. You might not know if you became unresponsive and you woke up in the hospital. That's going to be news and a shock to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they're going to be
0: like, you were in a coma. It's the year 2020.
1: (laughs) Go go back into the coma. Just go back into the coma. It was better that way. Um, Knock yourself out again. Um, so this, yeah. So an older woman came, she needed a lot of assist, uh, assistance, uh, had a poor performance status. The other patients had to help her. The nurses basically bullied her. Mm-hmm. Um, another patient came in. It seemed like she was mentally just very simple. The nurses made fun of her, slapped her, choked her, beat her in a closet. Um, blacked, you know, they left marks on these people. People had handprints, um, on their throats, um, Nellie became an advocate and complained about the lack of food, clothing, beatings uh, to the superintendent. Wait, she complained about the lack of beatings? Lack of food. <laughs> lack of food. I'm
0: just joking. I'm just joking. Uh,
1: and uh, she was threatened by the nurses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you no, know,
0: nurses aren't really the nicest people I've heard. Well, you know. Like, I, I understand this is like a power dynamic. And sure. You, there's probably a million reasons why they're doing this aside from the fact that they know they can get away with it. But. Mm-hmm. Why go into this uh, helping profession like this if that's how you're going to treat people?
1: I feel like in this era, it was um, one of your few jobs as a woman. So even if you epically should not be a nurse, you did it for the money.
0: Yeah. You could be a nurse or a teacher. Pick one.
1: Basically. And now, listen, nursing school is so hard to get through. If you're doing it for the money, you're not going to get through it. Right. Uh, So, yeah, in the next chapter, Nellie kind of talks about the other patients she met on the ward and how they were treated. Um, One woman was committed by her husband for being attracted to other men. Uh, Yellow wallpaper, anyone? Yeah. Uh, The nurses told her to flirt with the doctor. Yeah, there was a back in the day...
0: um, Oh my god! I was gonna say necrophilia. Yeah, like what's the what's the word for necrophiliacs? Have something no. wrong with them? What's the word for somebody who's sexually promiscuous when they're obsessed with sex? Uh, I just uh, oh, a nymphomania. Nymphomaniac, Yeah, nymphomania used to be a diagnosable mental illness. But now it's just kind of like, no, you just have a high sex driver. you like to have sex. Like that's not a
1: bad thing. Yeah, good for you. As long as you're um, safe. Nothing wrong with having a high sex drive. There's some people that have a low sex drive. That's fine too. Right, and um, it's all
0: relative, to be honest.
1: Sure, it's all relative. You have to find, yeah, it's it's all a matter of how you define it. Um, another woman was being committed for being overworked. She actually asked to go to the poorhouse. <laughs> Same. Um, she actually asked to go to the poorhouse. She said, "You know, I just want to, because that was the time where they had poorhouses," and she was sent to an asylum instead. Um, a cook was sent after she lost her temper at work. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, Who hasn't? Same. Um, a patient was, another, uh, another patient was physically ill. Again, you know, was, and was brought to the asylum because she had mental status changes during her illness. She was thrown. <laughs> she's like, she's like, I just asked my husband for a Pepto-Bismol and <laughs> here I am. Yeah. Oh, God. She was she was super sick, and then they threw her in the cold bath and onto her bed, and she was found dead the next morning. Hypothermia. Oh yeah, um, and she was already probably she was already sick. She was still convalescing, and um, that just did it. That that really sent her over the right. edge and caused mm-hmm. her to die. Mm-hmm. Um, body was taken out in a in quick hasty fashion. I'm sure. Yep. So that the um, other patients didn't see it, right? Oh, they didn't care about that. They just wanted to cover it up. Mm. Um,
0: Many of that That was the, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the, I can't remember which hospital it might have been. Was it Danvers? I don't remember. Um, There was a hospital where they used it for a tuberculosis ward and they had underground tunnels where if the patients died in order to not to lower the morale of the other patients, they Mm -hmm. would like whisk the bodies away through this underground tunnel. They still do that. And they made a horror movie about it. I believe the the tunnel or something. I don't know. By the way. Really, really want to start a horror movie podcast, but need to find a co-host that loves horror as much as I do. <laughs> and
1: it's hard. <laughs> Not that it wouldn't be funny because I don't like horror and you like horror, but still. What else happened? Uh, many of the women didn't seem insane, she said. You know, they mm-hmm. kind of blame themselves for being there. Oh, and uh, Nellie was told to take medication, didn't know what it was. She was going to refuse. Um, a doctor was going to do meds against will, as we would call it now, which means they mm-hmm. would inject into you. Mm-hmm. So she was you know so she kind of weighed her options out she took the medicine and purged. Good. Um out of For fear her. yeah she was out of fear of being incapacitated. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh and while she was there um there were a ton of reporters. Really? Just wandering around? Um yeah because just like the judge had said earlier you know doing stories to try to you know find people you know try to find the families of people. Okay. Um so a reporter showed up and asked to interview her and she knew who he was. And she kind of like said, you know, she had a moment alone with him and she said, don't give me up. I'm, I know I'm oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I'm not committed. I'm doing a story, Like basically she kind of bubbled, mm-hmm. you know, got out the message to him, but that's so, I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine like a reporter sitting in the hospital right now, you know, obviously with, you know, patient privacy laws that are now mm-hmm. on the books, but it's so crazy. Um It is. Yeah. So Nellie called out the staff, was transferred to another ward, which was usually done by means of punishment. But the ward that she went to was kind of less violent, although a nurse did call her a hussy. I mean, I've been called a hussy, I'm sure. I mean, (laughs) but still. Um, And she and Nellie was released. Um, I guess the the newspaper uh, hired a uh, lawyer to get her out. Oh. Um, saying that they would assume care for her. They didn't like try to say, no, she's perfectly sane. They just okay. said, yeah, she's still crazy. We'll take care of her. So they didn't uh, give her up. No, 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 no. So um, so Nellie got out. She ended up staying for about a week, um, plus the couple of days that she was at Bellevue, but the main thing w- that happened was at Blackwell's Island. Um Okay. So About a month later, she was, you know, she wrote the article and they did a grand jury investigation of Blackwell's Island. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they were tipped off that the investigation was going to happen. So they fixed everything up. The facility looked shiny Mm. and new. Mm. They had nice bathtubs. They got fucking salt. The bathwater. (laughs) Yeah, they she said that. She goes, they get salt now.
0: But what about pepper? Where's my pepper? Where's my garlic powder? <laughs> I I think
1: we just have to be happy for the salt. Um, the food was better, um, the bath water was changed, the bathtubs were clean, the bathrooms were clean. Um, they had a patient, actually, the patients that Nellie interacted with, they had them scattered. Like they had them put onto other in other hospitals, on other wards. Uh-huh. So they couldn't testify, which why would they be worried if they were insane? But you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the patients that did testify was medicated before her testimony. Mm-hmm. Um, so they couldn't really close down Blackwell Island because, you know, they kind of made changes, but the jury did see that Nellie's complaints were very valid. Um, and they trusted her and they ruled that a million dollars should be added to the budget for taking care of the mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Good so it was good it wasn't great obviously the conditions in these facilities didn't change for many years to come Mm -hmm. um what really struck me was and you picked up on it too it was way it was more like a prison Mm
0: -hmm. well they and 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 not too long before she did this investigation um they used to just if you had a mental illness they used to just throw you in a prison correct like Anybody it could be a violent offender, you know, Mm -hmm. you could have and, and they didn't. um, What was it called? Like melancholy back then? It wasn't depression. Yeah. So you could be diagnosed with that. You could be diagnosed with hysteria if you're a woman, which is like having any emotion other than happy
1: PMS, Um, (laughs) getting mad at your husband, so he gets to do whatever he wants cheating on your husband which isn't you know which isn't right it breaks the moral code of marriage but still that's (laughs) not an illness no
0: so yeah no they used to do so this is all like barely a step up from just throwing people in prison
1: and um it's the workhouses or the poor houses um people asked to go there and were thrown in asylums it's like prisons workhouses and mental hospitals were interchangeable
0: Yes, and I mean, it just shows you how
1: i mean disposable these people were, right, and you'll notice these were all women. she was with all women um they were poor, they were immigrants, uh-huh they didn't speak english um oh, so, so, th- so a just, little bit
0: of so this was a little dash of eugenics too, yeah,
1: mhm, yeah, so. It just goes to show who the system favors. It's who we mm-hmm. always knew the system favored. Um, mm-hmm. It's white straight guys. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. No one. It's always, <laughs> always the same group of people. Um, just a gross misstep of power. Even Nelly having to do the story. We don't know how we're getting you out of here. We're just going to really hope for the best. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Suck it up, Buttercup. Um, uh, so but, this is. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, you go, go ahead. ahead. No, I said no. That was uh, that was all I was going to say.
0: So I, this kind of reminds me of a, a couple of things, right? So this reminds me of. Um, Willowbrook, which Geraldo Rivera did an expose on in uh-huh. the seventies, right? So that was the a, a similar place where they put children who oh, had, um, who were either developmentally delayed or had mental illnesses. And you can look online and see his reporting, which includes video, and it's h- absolutely horrific the mm-hmm. state that these children are living in. And the same thing; they were abused, you know, by the adults working there, and sure. um, they were just kind of wandering around naked in their own excrement. I mean, it, it was just terrible. Yeah. And so this kind of treatment of people who were atypical, I guess maybe you would say atypical. Is that the word that the kids use now? Neurotypical. Oh. Not neurotyp Neurodivergent is the word the children use nowadays. Neurodivergent. I think is the word, basically instead of using the word normal, mm-hmm. non-normal. So anyone with... Uh, a mental illness or developmental disability. Mm -hmm. This is how they were treated well into the 70s. Um, And people used to kind of drop their kids off and be like, I don't know what to do with this.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's um, institutionalizing was so very common. And now we're now people are in the community and most importantly, well supported. Uh, Because I have to you know, these, uh, these parents, I'm not trying to vilify parents that drop their kids off. There wasn't there wasn't the programs that we have now. It was like, okay, your kid can't go to school. Your kid, you know, we don't know how to treat your kid. We're not going to give you any medication. Uh, You're not getting a therapist. You're definitely not getting a social worker or Mm -hmm. a caseworker. And um, we're going to look at you funny. Mm -hmm. So I don't blame these, I don't blame these people at all. And I'm sure they thought they were doing the best thing that they possibly could thinking, okay, you know, I'm going to bring my child somewhere where they can appropriately take care of them. And sometimes um, communal living is a really good thing and it's a really positive thing, you know, but of course these systems were sort of thrown together and not the best, mm-hmm. uh, and not the best and, you know, obviously a really terrible place.
0: This also reminds me of the um, Rosenhan experiment, which was done in the seventies also. Mm-hmm. The late 60s, early 70s. Um, and Rosenhand, Dr. Rosenhand was a psychologist mm-hmm. who had his students, like his um, like grad research students, go into psych hospitals and pretend he gave them a very specific directive as to what they were to say. Mm-hmm. I'm reading an article right now. I'm looking at an article because I can't remember off the top of my head. That's okay. But it's on allthatsinteresting.com. And he had them say things like they were hearing voices and mutter words yeah. like empty and hollow. These words were meant to evoke an existential crisis as in all my life is empty and hollow. Mm-hmm. And so w- this was uh, for a bit of a different reason, but the idea was that the doctors would give them a diagnosis and work backwards from there. So no matter if their symptoms changed, the treatment would not change because they would say, you know, you have a psychosis or you have delusional disorder. Mm-hmm. And if you, like three days later, we're like, actually, I'm fine. I don't hear voices anymore. They would say, no, no, no. You need to continue with this course of treatment because you still have psychosis.
1: And um, that, and that happened in this facility, too, because Nellie went in saying she was hearing voices to get admitted. And then she started to act like herself. She's like, I don't hear, you know, I'm fine. I'm doing fine. Is,
0: you know, my diagnoses of uh, clients
1: change sometimes. Yeah.
0: Especially you first meet somebody and you give them this preliminary diagnosis. And for those at home, the only reason we give diagnosis, not the only reason, but one of the main reasons we give diagnosis is for insurance. You can't bill insurance without a diagnosis. And I think a lot of practitioners wouldn't give a diagnosis if that wasn't the case. Yeah. Because a lot of people would rather look at the patient instead of the diagnosis, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense but that was part of what Rosenhan I think was trying to expose is that you know where they were just treating a diagnosis
1: in this case which is how is that helpful to anybody it's not i i say that as a clinician all the time look at the human sitting in front of right. you a holistic treatment right you can look at somebody and their labs could be immaculate and you could have a really sick person or or the other way around. I've had patients look awesome, and I'm like, oh, I get their labs back and go, oh, ha ha, whoa, well, well, uh, this is great. This is not good.
0: Oh, yes. this is interesting. It says, likewise, one of the pseudo patients was a man who described his home life by truthfully reporting that he had a warm relationship with his wife, mm-hmm. with whom he fought occasionally and children who he spanked minimally for misbehavior. But because he was admitted to a psychiatric hospital and diagnosed with schizophrenia, Ooh. his discharge report stated that his attempts to control emotionality with his wife and children are punctuated by angry outbursts and in the case of children's spankings.
1: So it, it colored the way that they saw. It does, yeah. You can rationalize your spanking, which some people find is an acceptable form of punishment. I'm not going to go there. Um, or you oh, could say that there's, that.
0: there's a there's a picture of Nellie Bly at the end of the article. Oh,
1: <laughs> the queen of original investigative journalism. Mm-hmm. Queenship. Queenship. Oh, so that was it. Was very informative. Uh, what they found is not surprising, but it was incredibly surprising for the time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, yeah, and facilities and mental health have come a long way. It's not perfect, but it's way better right. than it ever has been.
0: Right. We're not doing uh, <laughs> uh, electroconvulsive therapy every other day with people now. <laughs> Correct. Twice a year tops, <laughs> folks. Twice a year tops Make for sure. only people who are medication resistant. Correct. Correct. Treatment resistant.
1: Yes. Say. Yes, and understand the side effects and mm-hmm. the benefits will indeed outweigh the risk. And mm-hmm. you can have a catchy voicemail like Carrie Fisher did, Gotta rest her soul. Mm-hmm. There you go. I had electroshock therapies. Please leave a short uh, synopsis of how I know you. <laughs> Please leave a message and a short synopsis of how I know you. Hi, Carrie. This is your husband of uh, 20 years. <laughs> she was not married for that long to anybody. <laughs> And she's a grandmother now. Aw, I know our Billy. Uh, congrats, Billy Lord. Congrats, Billy Lord. I know. Didn't invite. You. Didn't invite us to the shower. Rude. It's because it's because of um COVID. That's why. Well, it could have been easier. We could have had a Zoom shower. <laughs> I think every shower should be a Zoom shower.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: I think more things should be done via Zoom. Yes,
0: you know what, my friend. When my friend Maggie was pregnant with her first child, she. Uh-huh. Almost didn't want to have a shower. She's like, I do not want to do all that shit. She's like, we are not going to be playing games. Nope. We are not going to be. We're not doing that.
1: When I got married, I just had a small shower of just family because I didn't want to make anybody sit through that. Um, Mm -hmm. I asked that all gifts be brought unwrapped. There you go. It was a display shower. It's a thing. Yeah, Um, that's what she wanted to do. It's so much nicer and so much more ecologically friendly. Yeah. Yep. So we displayed all the gifts. Everybody walked around the gifts and we had a lovely brunch and that was it. That sounds perfect. There were no games. Good. I don't believe in games. I do like purse bingo. I just like bingo. (laughs) This is true. Yeah. Bingo is fun. Bingo is fun, but there are many other places you can play bingo. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like a bingo hall? Oh, yeah. Or on a cruise. (laughs) (laughs) So... Do I have to ask you a random question or do you ask me a random question? I forgot how we do this. Um, I don't have anything. You don't have anything. So I got to dream something up. What's your favorite Halloween movie?
0: Girl, you're really going to ask me that question. <laughs> yeah. You mean you mean Halloween themed movie, not horror movie.
1: Halloween themed movie, not okay. horror movie. Yes.
0: Obviously it's Hocus Pocus.
1: we young.
0: But yeah, Hocus Pocus.
1: Hocus Pocus. What's yours? Hocus
0: Pocus. <laughs> you knew that we had the same answer.
1: Hocus Pocus. I also love Casper.
0: Oh, I love Casper.
1: That was my favorite when I was little.
0: And I I love um, The Nightmare Before Christmas, which works for Halloween and Christmas.
1: That's true. So you get to watch it twice a year. I think you could watch it at any time. I think. <laughs> yeah. I love Hocus Pocus. Um, before I knew
0: Luna was a girl, if she was a boy, before I, you know... Um, Her name was going to be Zachary Pink. Zachary!
1: Zachary
0: Banks. Zachary!
1: Every time it comes on, I take the boys and do twist the bones and bend the back. <laughs> Trim him of his baby fat, turn his fur black as black, just like. And then I hold the boys up, this.
0: <laughs> you know what? If you are listening to this and you're into horror, like scary stuff, gory
1: stuff, a really good Halloween movie is Trick or Treat. And also do a podcast with Kayla, if you're really into. <laughs> <laughs> do a podcast with I Kayla, he, so I don't I'm have like, to. You
0: know, all of these streaming services have their Halloween movies up. And I'm just like, I've seen like 90% of them. So there's really nothing for me to watch. But I'm like, oh, I could do one on that. We could do zombie themes. We could do, uh, you know, this, that. We can do, um, but, you know, I'm thinking of all of these like themes.
1: Someone please do this so I don't have to. <laughs>
0: And, like, my thoughts and feeling, my very intense thoughts and feelings about zombies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you, yeah. So, so <laughs> listeners out there, if you want to do a horror podcast with Kayla, get at us. There's nothing else I really want to do a podcast on that Kayla isn't interested in. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so if you, actually, if you think you could either strongly agree with me
0: that zombies are overplayed or strongly disagree with me and we could have an interesting debate
1: oh that'd be fun i can moderate i can moderate that (laughs) i'd be down with moderating kayla arguing with people on the internet i'm good with that (laughs) well everybody keep being excellent to each other make your mental health a priority Mm -hmm. do
0: some self-care yes uh, Give yourself 10 minutes a day. Do something you like to do. Meditate, take deep breaths, take a bath. Pet your animals. Watch, mm. hoku- watch Hocus Pocus. for In 10-minute increments. Um, yes. Go outside and get some fresh air therapy. <laughs> yes. Go for a walk or a jog or do some yoga. Yes. Tie yourself up to your person of choice and st- just stand there outside.
1: Oh, that's the thing. But only if you both consent to it.
0: Well, I'm, yeah, I'm talking about the people that Nellie came across.
1: Yes, the- yes. <laughs> but then, yes, me too. <laughs> I'm okay, like, I'm not talking about like a kink here. Find <laughs> your favorite, put, put on your favorite if you're straight If
0: you
1: know. If you're into that, do your thing. Um, Find your favorite straight jacket and go outside. But, you know, only if you're into that sort of thing. Have you ever, I'm sorry, I'm going back. Have I ever worn a straight we're, jacket? We're trying, no. to sta- we're trying to sign off, but there's that episode
0: of that show Oddities, that uh-huh. um, curio shop in New York City where they have like this uh, reoccurring client, I guess, the uh, customer uh-huh. and he's very strange and he comes in and he goes, is that a straight
1: jacket? What? <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing. Straight jackets are pretty unmistakable. <laughs> and he, it, so like
0: there are apparently people who just go around wearing them. Cause I, I feel like that guy probably does. <laughs> oh good.
1: But I can have a straight jacket for formal occasions. Perfect. Diet black. S- seriously. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So, you know, bedazzle your favorite straight jacket. Be kind. Let of- us take pictures of the results for us. Yeah. Send us pictures of your bedazzled straight jackets.
0: Be good to each other. Be good to yourself. We love you. We appreciate you. Oh, uh Bio Psych Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Biopsychosocial Bio- on Facebook. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. There's some floors in this house. There's some floors in this house.